I'm glad to be back after the six weeks. The six weeks went very good, and I'm about to explain it. But first, I'm going to say a quick prayer for all of you. Thank you, Father, for Ten Strike Community Church. I thank you that they all came here will willing to serve you. And I pray that their servanthood would just explode. And I pray that every one of them will get touched by you and your word. I saw revelation when I was in worship. You'll give them a revelation, Lord. Amen. And I pray that everyone will have peace and that any shame or anything that tries to get them down from preaching the word or going out or anything will be lifted off in Jesus' name. I pray that everybody here will see you in the same sense as you see them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So six weeks ago, I left for Georgia, Thomasville, Georgia. While I was on my way for to Georgia, I'm like, what the heck am I doing, honestly? Um, but as I was on the plane and I was landing in Atlanta, I, I was listening to music in my headphones and I heard this song, Send Me, right as I was pulling into Atlanta airport. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. So even since the get-go, I'm like, hmm, like, God must really be sending me here. So um, once I got to the airport, I got picked up. Um, my first night, I went to something where you can eat all the steak you can. Um, and that was kind of dangerous for me because I was straight up 45 minutes eating steak nonstop. <laughs> I drank some water and ate some peaches because it's Georgia, but... <laughs> um, 45 minutes, um, so yeah, that was my first day in Georgia, and I just, I sat down, and I'm like, I just don't want to eat breakfast tomorrow, don't want to eat lunch, <laughs> or anything, so that's the first day I got there, and then the first week was very, it was very packed, it was very, I was working like 12 hours um, a day before the church, because the church, um, their first service was the next week, so there's a lot that had to be done. So that week I learned a lot of discipline and just there's times where I'm like, oh, I just, it was like four o'clock and um, I'm like, oh, I just want to be done. And then there's this big truck that came with a ton of rocks and I had to spread out a ton of rocks by myself and that took a long time. So the first, uh, the first week, it was, it was pretty good because I learned a lot of um, self, I guess, motivation and, you know, just doing stuff I really didn't want to do. <laughs> so that was good. Um, but after that, um, going to the second or third week after our first service, um, it was pretty casual. I, I usually just work till like four, 10 to four. Um, so it wasn't too bad. But I'm gonna be honest, the second, third week, I was kind of sad and kind of depressed because I didn't really have any friends or like anything up in Georgia. And at that time I didn't really have a car so I couldn't go anywhere. So um, that was kind of the 
second, third week were kind of rough. Um, but then go on to the, I think it was the fourth week, Sean Foyt came. I don't know if you guys know him, but he's a, he's a worship leader. <laughs> but yeah, um, I went to that event, and it really, it really honestly, I can say it really honestly changed me, just how I view Jesus. Um, God kind of showed me an image, um, and he's like, this is usually how people want to see Jesus, but not really intended. Um, that's not really how I intended them to see me, you know. A lot of times we want to see Jesus how we want to see him. If we're not feeling great, we just want to see him as someone to cope with our feelings. Or if we're, um, if we, if we can't, if we're just doing too many, like, legalistic or religious stuff, then it's kind of hard to see Jesus. So God just kind of revealed more of a sense of the image of Jesus, um, which is really cool because once you see more of your image or his image, you see more of your image. You become more confident, and I probably wouldn't be able to speak up here if I, if I couldn't start see myself as, um, as the Father sees me. So yeah, so I went to the Sean Foyt thing, um, and after the Sean Foyt thing, it just it just really gave me a new perspective. And so yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I think it's on the fifth week now. So then like after that, the last two weeks, I, I prayed like, I'm like, God, if I'm, if I'm ever supposed to come back here, like uh, hook me up with some friends my age. And the last two weeks, I, I always went to this park. It was called Cherokee Park. And I longboarded around I actually bought a longboard in Thomasville, but I longboarded around it all the time. I never really met anyone, honestly, that I said hi to people, but there was this one guy that um, started talking to me, and um, yeah, he invited me to his Bible study on Thursday, so I'm like, sweet, like, might as well. <laughs> so yeah, so I met him, and then with him, I got connections with other youth people, and then I also met some other youth. So the last couple of weeks, God just like overflowed me with friends. I was just getting text messages all, all the time, and I'm like, holy, thanks, God. <laughs> but yeah, so that I guess that's the um, last two weeks. So it was a good experience, and I, I thank you guys for, you know, supporting me and your prayers and financially and whatnot, and I just, you know, want to thank you guys, and I'm glad to be back, and yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> guess that's the scoop. So no future plans right now, or? Um, I am feeling called, okay, so I guess I'll get into that. Um, I'm not going to explain the whole thing, but I am feeling called back there to work with the youth ministry. Uh, as far as this summer, though, I will be back here or I will be here this summer. So um, I'm looking forward to just seeing the next adventures in life, taking it one step at a time. Um, and while I was just working, I guess one thing while I was just working there is um, God gave me the word precision, precision before position. What I mean by precision is doing precisely what God wants you to in the moment. 
and then along with that comes position because a lot of times we want to chase position before precision <laughs> and uh, yeah he's just like chase precision and that's not what I per precisely want to do that's what the spirit leads me to do so so yeah amen awesome. okay well thank you very much We want to welcome everyone that's watching online, and uh, we will be celebrating communion together at the end of the service, so I encourage you online to uh, get a piece of bread and some juice ready, and then we'll partake together, and we'll just believe that the full measure of the sacrifice of Jesus will uh, just be manifest in our, in our life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Couple announcements. <clears throat> 10 o'clock on Wednesdays, we do our touch point and teaching. And we've had a little bit of breaking of the Wi-Fi server. Had to restart it a couple times, but hopefully <clears throat> that's straightened out. But 10 o'clock, and this week, Phyllis is scheduled to share with us. And a couple of weeks ago, she shared on communion, and I think she will probably again this week. So join us at 10 o'clock, or go back and watch some of the previous ones. Is Scott and Carla here today? They scheduled to have a snack for us, but we'll check and see, I guess. Okay. So Wednesday at 6 o'clock, we have TCC Youth Group, and we thank the Lord for all that he's doing there. A lot of, a lot of kids are coming. At 6.30, the Kairos Gathering, Kairos Gathering, led by Tim and Kathy Pomp. I do a uh, Thursday Zoom Bible class at 7.30 on Thursday. And we had a good meeting last week. For giving, our tithes and offerings be given to TCC, uh, P.O. Box 67, 10 Strike, Minnesota. Or you can go to our 10strikechurch.com website and give and there's also boxes in the back here and so let's thank the Lord for his provision in our life Father thank you so much that every day you provide every day no matter what our world is going through it's ups and downs and uncertainties you are faithful Lord and you said that you would never leave us without support you would never leave us without means to make it through. And we, I just thank you for that, Lord. You have proven yourself faithful time and time again. In Jesus' name, amen. And so Gus is going to be coming up after the message here, and he will be administering communion. So let's be just opening our heart and ready to reverence sacrifice of the Lord.
Let's go to Acts 1 in verse 9. And, you know, one of the things that has been in the church for so many centuries is the power of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, makes us fit to stand before a holy father. The other thing that has been involved with many revivals through the years is the preaching of the blood, but also the surety of Jesus' return. And it seems that when revivals rise up in the body of Christ, that the surety of his return, the reality of that return, just burns very brightly. And so I just want to talk about the second coming. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is alive. Do you believe that he's alive? Amen. He is coming physically again. And one of the things that Peter said that in the last days mockers will come with their mocking, following after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all continues just as it was from the beginning of creation. And, you know, the natural mind can go there. The, mind, the carnal mind, well, I've heard these promises all my life, and generations have heard them. And the natural mind can kind of mock it, it says here. But it's real. God has promised. Jesus has declared. He is physically coming again. And I just want to look at the power of that statement as it's branded into our heart, what it can do to our life. In Acts 1.9, and after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight, Jesus. He was speaking to his followers. And as he was speaking, he was lifted up from the earth. And a cloud covered him. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Jesus is coming again. And the Holy Spirit puts an anticipation in our heart. Wow, today could be the day. Amen. You know, we all have our, you know, our doctrines and we have it all categorized when he what the situation on earth might be when he comes again. But God put one thing in, in there that kind of can kind of throw a wrench in our theology unless those days were cut short. It leaves room for God just to do what he wants. Amen. Amen.
Are you anticipating Jesus coming? Is your heart thinking, Lord, wait a little while. I want to get this done. I want to get that done. I want to get married. You know, I desire uh, my family to be saved. Hold off, Lord. Well, the cry of the heart of the church is even so, come Lord Jesus. And we pray and say, Father, let my family be in alignment with you, come into union with you. And at the same time, we pray, even so, come Lord Jesus, come. That's our passion, that's our life, that's our love. It opens up our heart to spiritual freshness in life. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. In the future there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. By faith we set our heart in heaven. By faith we yearn and long to see him. The, the prize of his appearing again is not that he's going to come and straighten out everything, straighten out our life, straight, you know, that's not it. I'm going to see him. I'm going to know him. The yearning of my heart will be fulfilled. And Paul said that he's going, he was going to receive a crown of righteousness in that day. But also, everyone who has loved is appearing. That's one of the things that's going to adorn our life in, in eternity, the crown of righteousness. And it's interesting that, it, that that's the name that Paul refers to this because John tells us that everyone who has this hope on him purifies himself even as Jesus is pure. There is a righteousness that works into our life when we set our hope upon the appearing of Jesus. That's exciting. It has power right now for your life. Let's read that in 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. It has not yet appeared yet what we will be, but we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. And part of the blessed hope is that when he appears, I will see him in all of his majesty and glory. I will see him Paul says that we will know even as we are known. We will come into that full manifestation, that full connection with the, with the glory of God, and we have our minds opened up, our hearts opened up, our spirits opened up, that we would have complete understanding of who Jesus is and who the Father is. And we will be transformed to be like him 
because we will see him just as he, just as he is. And this hope of seeing him, this hope that my eyes are going to be opened up to see him in his glory. I remember back in the 70s, I'd be praying and seeking the Lord, and I'd get so full of the glory of God, I'd say, Lord, turn it off, I'm going to explode. Anyone else ever have that experience? <laughs> you know? But in that day, when we see him, we are going to explode. In life, in glory, we will be like him forever. Can you imagine seeing Jesus and knowing him to the same degree that he knows you? Our minds can't comprehend it. But this is what he, what he has for us so that when we walk into fellowship with him and with the Father, we, we will truly be one in the kingdom. There's no power struggle. I mean, it's not like I'm going to know so much, I'm going to take over. That's not it. We're going to be like him. We'll be servants of God. We'll be co-heirs with Christ. Heaven is a great place. Are you ready for it? God has tremendous things in store for you. And I love this. Everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself. Everyone. This is a principle in the kingdom. When we love his appearing, it opens our heart to spiritual development. When we love his appearing, it, 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 it can transform the way we serve. It can give life to a prophetic message. We won't be focused on the here and now, but the spirit of it comes from Jesus is coming. And so with it, there's a call heavenward to those who hear. Amen. Everyone who has his hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Let's read 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. When I was ministering in Canada, our denomination had a nationwide gathering. It was in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> That's a good name, I guess. But we were there, and this fellow from Louisiana was there, and he got up, and he, had, he was a youth leader in, in New Orleans. But he got up, and he had his phone his trumpet, and he said, God told me that when I blow my trumpet, all the demons are going to leave. And I'm thinking, well, you know, well... <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and after a bit, he started to blow on his trumpet, and wow, the anointing just flooded through the whole building. The glory was there. And someday we are going to hear that trumpet, 
the body of Christ will hear the trumpet, will pierce down to the core. And the shout of God, come on up here, and we will be in the spirit, we will be in the glory forever. We will be like him. And it says here, we will always be with the Lord. This is the blessed hope. We will always be with the Lord. We will see him face to face. We will know him. While we're here, we're working for him. We're loving him. We're worshiping. But in that day, face to face, that is our blessed hope. Let's go to Hebrews 9, 27. And inasmuch as it is appointed for men to die once, and after this comes judgment, so Christ also having offered once, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time for salvation without reference to sin to those who eagerly wait for him. He's coming again not to deal with sin, He's coming again to offer full and complete dynamic salvation to those who love him. He is going to invade our world and he is going to offer this dynamic transformation to everyone who is eagerly waiting for him. Amen. I want to be ready for that moment He's already dealt with sin. We have been made perfect forever through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ once for all. He's washed us. He's cleansed us. And when he comes again, he's not going to deal with sin. He's going to deal with the full-blown manifestation of righteousness as we stand before the Lord. Righteous in our mind, righteous in our body, righteous in our soul, total clearness, total cleanness before God. He is anxiously waiting that day when the Father says, now is the time. He will come with great intensity. He will use all of the power that he has at his disposal, the power that he's holding everything together He's holding all the units together by his mighty word of power. And when he speaks and we hear his voice, come up here, all that power is going to be released and we will explode in glory. We'll be like him forever and ever. He's calling us to this love. He's calling us to this union. He's calling us to this place. We just need to open our heart and receive him. We just need to open our heart and say, yes, I believe in the sacrifice that you offered for me. I receive the power of the blood. I declare that you are the Lord of my life. Very simple, but so eternally dynamic.
have one more verse here before Gus comes. 1 John 2.28 Now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. This is his plan for you, that, that your, your heart, when you hear the call of God, when you hear the trumpet, when you hear his voice, there's nothing within you that shrinks back because you're not ready. That your heart will just leap <laughs> into his glory. A few years ago, I remember that I was just sitting in my chair and just kind of quietly praying or meditating or something, but all of a sudden my heart started doing all sorts of flip-flops and bouncing all over the place, and, and a thought came to me, am I coming home now? <laughs> and just when that thought came, such joy welled up within me, I mean, it was just overwhelming joy. I might be going home. <laughs> well, it wasn't God's time, but it just gave me a touch of how real heaven is, how real our Lord is, how real this life is. By faith, we dedicate our life to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. By faith, we serve him through all the ups and downs and discouragements. By faith, we press in. And by faith, it's all lifelong. But it's real. It's not a wasted life. It's not a wasted life at all. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's real. He's coming again. And I'll be first on his list. <laughs> Amen. We're not going to shrink away. We're going to have a heart that just opens up and instantly when we hear that, we're just going to, oh, away we go. Amen. So I'll have Gus come up and there are communion cups in front of you. And he's going to just share a little bit on the Lord's table. Hallelujah. I'm hooked up to power, I can tell. Praise God, hallelujah. So as we prepare for communion, I just want to share a couple thoughts. But one thing I also want to share is you need to find that cup. It should be there on a chair in front of you. And there might be a row where there isn't quite enough, but if you'll just sneak up to the row in front of that, I'm sure you'll find one. There should be lots of extra cups. And I know that at times people have technical problems getting them open. <laughs> Some of them open really easy, you know, that's how it is with the Lord. Some days are good and everything just happens and comes your way. And some days are days of trouble. And the last one I got, it would not open. 
and the pastor is up here, he's trying to open his, and he's having trouble. So be forewarned, they're not all the same. Some of them open really easy. And so today, I brought one up here, and I'm ready. I opened mine already. And it opened really easy. I didn't have to do that. So be forewarned. Hallelujah. Just want to share a couple things before we start to get in the mood. If you're not from this church, we invite you to share communion with us. If you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died for your sins, that he paid the price that you might be free, that you might be saved, oh, hallelujah. But some people say, but I'm not ready. My heart's not right to take communion. Well, then I suggest right now, before we go any farther, you repent, say, Lord, forgive me. I'm not ready. But I choose this day, in this moment, to turn my life back to you. I repent for the wrong that I've done in my life. And I choose to turn back to you and to do what's right and put sin behind me. And if you can do that, then your heart is ready to partake. Hallelujah. Communion is a blessing. Hallelujah. You know that night at the Last Supper? It was the feast of the Passover. And the Passover, if you go back to Exodus chapter 12, 13, 14, 15, it was when the angel of death came and when he saw the blood of the lamb on the doorposts, he passed over. And he passed over the houses of the children of Israel because there was blood. The blood of the lamb was on that doorpost. And he passed over. But on every Egyptian house, starting with the pharaoh, the firstborn died that night. And not just the Pharaoh, but every servant and every Egyptian. And not only that, but on every beast, on every cow, and every sheep, every camel, every goat. The firstborn died that night. And when I think about COVID, you know, we're the survivors, the ones that are here. That should be how we survived. Because every time you walk through your door of your house, you applied the blood on your doorpost. That's what protects us. It's not the mask. It's not the vaccine. I'm not telling you not to wear a mask. I'm not telling you not to take the shot. I'm telling you that we're, who oh, we're covered by the blood of Jesus. 
That's our divine and our supernatural protection. Because God does not change. When the plagues came, oh, hallelujah. When Moses was called to go talk to the Pharaoh, he said, Lord, but who am I to go talk to the Pharaoh? He won't listen to me. But the Lord spoke and said, I will do signs and wonders. And though Pharaoh will harden his heart, in the end, he will let my people go. Oh, hallelujah. And we fight that same battle today. We have loved ones that aren't saved. And we need to go to the Pharaoh and we need to say, in the name of Jesus, let my people go. Your loved ones who are not saved. Oh, we need to stand in the gap for them. We remember that Moses went before Pharaoh and the Bible says that he threw down his rod and it turned into a serpent. But Pharaoh was not impressed because his magicians could do the same thing. They threw down their rods and they turned into serpents. But the rod of Moses, the rod of Aaron, devoured the other rods. Oh, hallelujah. But Pharaoh hardened his heart, and he would not let his people go. And the first sign was the sign of blood. Moses said, if you do not let my people go, He said, I'll raise my rod and all the waters and the rivers and lakes and ponds will turn to blood. And it did happen. They turned to blood and the fish died and the river stank. And it wasn't just the river, it was the waters in their clay pots in their houses, in their wooden containers. They all turned to blood. They didn't have any water to drink. And after seven days, they're out digging by the river looking for some clean water to drink. That is the power of Almighty God, hallelujah. We live in a time when strange things are happening in the land. We need to trust in the power of the blood of Jesus. You know, when all these curses happened, the curse of the flies, the curse of the lice, the curse of the frogs, and even the frogs didn't impress Pharaoh because the magicians, they could also make frogs mysteriously appear. But all that did was increase the curse on the land. 
But when Moses prayed and stretched over his rod over the land, the frogs died and they heaped them in piles. And when the sun came out, they began to stink. But in the land of Goshen, where God's people were, the curse never touched them. There were no frogs. There were no lice. Their cattle did not die when the hail came. Because they were protected by the hand of God. That is the power of the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. And when the Pharaoh finally let people go, can you imagine two million people that took off into the desert? And the Bible says that there was not one sick among them, not one wheelchair, not one set of crutches, because God was in their midst. Oh, hallelujah. The power of the blood of Jesus. And I just want to share a few scriptures with you today. Hebrews 9.22. The word of God says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Hallelujah. Acts 20, 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to the flock over which you are the overseer. For the Holy Ghost has made you, he has put you in charge to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So we were all bought with a price on the cross of Calvary. We belong to him. We are his. He has engraved us in the palm, on the palm of his hand. 1 Corinthians 1.14 says, In whom we have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. John 6.50, Jesus said, I am the bread of life that came down from heaven. This is the blood, this is the bread which came down from heaven that a man may eat thereof. Let's put my glasses. Because if he eats thereof, he will not die. For I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread I give you is my flesh, which I will give you for the life of the world. Oh, hallelujah. And that night of Passover in the Old Testament, every man was to kill a lamb without spot or blemish and put the blood on his doorposts so that the angel of the Lord would pass over. But they also ate a supper 
they ate lamb that night, which was cooked on the fire. The fire, a sign of the Holy Spirit that God was to send, hallelujah. And the bread, the bread of life, for they ate unleavened bread. And the Bible says, with bitter herbs. And we've all tasted a little bit of bitter in our lives, I think. Hallelujah. And we know that Jesus did on the cross. 1 Peter 1.9, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations which you received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus, the lamb without spot and without blemish. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just set our hearts on you today. We open our hearts to receive the body and the blood of Christ. We remember those words that the centurion soldier said to Jesus. Oh, say them after me. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But only say the word and I will be healed. And so there is healing power in that precious blood of Jesus. So receive that in your body, that healing power of God as we partake today. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 22. Verse 17. And he took the cup and he gave thanks. And he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. And he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it unto them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new testament in my blood which is shed for you. Hallelujah. Now I trust that you've all got these things open. Lord, we just thank you for your word that tells us that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. And we just thank you that we do dwell in that secret place. And that the spirit of the living God 
dwells in us. And it's quickening us now. By the power of that life that he has given us. Oh, hallelujah. And before we close today, I just want to lift up our veterans on Memorial Day, especially our wounded warriors. We remember those who have gone before. I come from a military family. I think we have fought in every war, the First World War, the Second World War, the Korean War, the Gulf War, the Afghan War. And the war that's going on right now in the streets of America. But we remember especially those today who have been wounded, who have not been set free from the blood of, by the blood of Jesus. Those wounded veterans, Father, we lift them up right now. Father, we just call forth laborers to minister to them in the mighty name of Jesus. We just remember all those who have gone before and thought that we might be free in America. We also remember, Lord, that the fight is not theirs alone, but the fight belongs to us that we are in a spiritual battle in this hour. And we just trust, Lord, that the army of the Lord will rise up and take America back in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you go today, I just want to speak a blessing over you. May the light of the Lord shine upon you. May his face smile upon you. And may he make your path straight before you. The Bible says that he makes paths for us to walk in. And he makes new paths for us. Oh, hallelujah. So we just thank the Lord today for what he has done. And what he is doing and will do tomorrow. So this is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rise up and rejoice and be glad in it. In that mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So you may go in the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah.